Welcome to another episode of the Mystic Mindcast. This is your host, Michelle. And this episode, I'm going to talk about just a few things. One, uh, some things I do to make sure a model is very comfortable with the shoot that I'm going to do. And the precautions that I myself take personally, as well as things I do to make the model comfortable with the shoe, especially first time. And second or third, as you can kind of consider it, I'm going to talk about precautions, tips, that sort of thing to keep you safe as a model and as a photographer or creative or whoever you are, whatever role you play on a particular shoe. So stay tuned for that. Welcome to another Randall moment. Tonight's Randall moment is about changing the timeline. Now, I don't know exactly what I changed or if I changed anything at all. However, Tonight, I was sitting here, and I was like, you know, I'm hungry. I was jonesing for Taco Bell. I was like, you know, but, you know, I have pizza in the fridge. I have pizza in the fridge. I could stay here. I don't have to go anywhere. I could just stay here in the comfort of my own home and watch some Hulu, whatever. I was watching a movie earlier called Prospect. It's pretty good. Not bad. It looks like an independent movie. Um, Pretty good, though. Pretty good. But anyways, I was like, you know, I'm really jealous for Taco Bell. So I go. I go to Taco Bell. Normally it takes me about, it's about 20 minute round trip. Depends if there's one traffic, two, if there's a lot of people in line in the drive-thru. And the drive-thru was actually pretty clear. So by the time I got there, I was like the second to last person before the, um, well, no, I was the last person, but I was like, there was like one car, no, two cars. So it was two cars in front of me by the time I got there and I actually went pretty fast. But after I left, that's when the line started to build up and I made my way back here. Now here's the ticker, ticker, ticker. Here's the thing. I don't know where that came from. So here's the thing. I get back here. Now, I live in a neighborhood where I actually have to park a little far away from my house. It's not that far. It's still within about two or three minutes at most walking distance. Because I have to walk up the hill, up the house, up the stairs. Anyways, I get back here. I turn into the street where you know I usually, usually do. I usually go up the street make a U-turn, come back down, and then park on the street. Because it's like a side street. Once I make the turn, I'm like, there's like two dogs roaming around, like just out of the blue. Like, what the fuck? And so instead of making a U-turn like I usually do, I just like, okay, well, the dog's literally blocking my path. I'm going to back up into the street. There wasn't much traffic, so I could do that. And parked the car. My only concern was if the dogs were going to like come after me or anything. 
I mean, I could, you know, I can hold my own for, you know, so long against whoever, but, you know, depending on the circumstances, there's a bigger dog and there's a smaller dog, right? The bigger dog. But, um, so I started walking. I'm like, wait a minute. I recognize the dogs. And then, so there's a house on the corner and it's fenced in, has a brick fence and part of it's a chain link fence, part of it. So the only way you can get in is a chain link fence, right? So I notice the door is open. The gate is open. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm putting two and two together. I recognize the dogs. The more and more I see them, I'm like, oh, fuck. They get out. Then I notice there's like, you know, there's like these younger, younger, I don't know, I wouldn't call them kids, but they're, I'd say, significantly younger than I am. Probably just graduated high school, around that age. That shows my age. <laughs> so anyway, I put two and two together. I'm like, okay, the dogs get out. And originally, I was gonna like try to go home. I was like, no, wait a minute. I gotta, cause I wasn't, I wasn't told, I wasn't 100 percent sure that those were the dogs. But I was like, okay. Well, if the gate is open. It's worth a shot, right? Ask the question. If if it's not their dogs, they'll be like, well, it's not ours, and whatever. I go about my business, and hopefully they don't come after me. So I knock on the door, and they're having like a little social gathering on the inside, gather around a table talking. And I was like, okay, it's dark. I knock on the door, and one of the chicks, she's cute, by the way. She comes to the door, and she's like, What's up? Like, obviously, she doesn't know me. I don't know her. But I proceed and like tell her like or ask you. Have, you guys got two dogs, right? And they look around. She's like, "Oh shit!" I actually had at that part, but that was like an "oh shit" moment. Like the dog get out, <laughs> and she goes to get the dogs immediately. Like, oh fuck, you know the dogs are out. Who let the dogs out? Who did it? And one person fessed up, like, yeah, it was my, I was me. I was the last one. Anyway, I, I tell you that story because any number of things could have happened. Now, the size food is fairly light. Somebody else could have seen, recognized the dogs and been like, hey, you know, your dog's route. Um, within 20 minutes time, by the way, this happened. They got out. They weren't roaming around when I left, so they got out sometime after I left here, went to Taco Bell and back. The whole point of this whole random moment is is to wonder. I was just wondering and thinking to myself, did I prevent something? Did I change the timeline in some way? I don't know from what. I mean, the dogs, you know, they weren't wandering around, and... Not on the side street necessarily, but the main, there's like a main street next to it. And unfortunately, you know, if a dog wanders into the street, which the dog was in the street, just chilling on the side street. If they went to the main street for whatever reason, you know, they they could have gotten hit or something. I don't know. Did I prevent something? I don't know. I don't know. I would like to think that I did. 
I mean, there's a million, there's an infinite amount of possibilities that could have happened. And one of those possible, or many of those possibilities, the fact that those dogs, one or two or both of them, could have gotten hit by a car. I've seen it happen before. I mean, I haven't seen it happen, like, actually happen. But after the fact, I was young. And then my grandma's dog, one of them went into the road and got hit by a car. It happens all the time. So I'm thinking to myself, well, let's keep it simple. I did a good deed. I could have just, you know, walked away. But I was like, you know, as much as I hate the dogs barking at me in the morning, they're just dogs. And they're someone's dogs. They're someone's pets. They're someone's, they're part of somebody's family. And they weren't really bothering me when I walked. I mean, I didn't walk by them, but I was like far enough down the street where I was like, you know, I can make a decision to keep going and this could be a problem or ask the question because I'm like looking around. I'm like, well, okay, let me just ask the question. And then if they aren't their dogs, then I'll go on my merry way and take the risk because I was willing to take the risk and walk by them going down the street. But no, I knocked on the door and asked the question and told him, you know, hey, you know, <laughs> you have two dogs, right? And there, there it is. There's a story. But I like to wonder, like, you know, what did I alter in time? Was it my own future? Was it their future? You know, any number of things. I just, I know most people would probably think you're thinking about this way too much. I am analytic. I'm pretty analytic, but not so much where I'm like, my mind is always going. But then again, I have a hard time going to sleep sometimes, or many times. Most of the time because I'm thinking about something. Possibilities, right? It's there. I mean, if you think about it, you know, anything you do can change the, t- the timeline. And something so simple, and it's not really simple, two dogs getting out can become very complicated really fast. And it changed my path already. I was going to go down the street and make the U-turn, but instead I cut it short, backed up into the street, and parked on the side. So it changed my timeline very slightly, but it might have changed their timeline more significantly than mine. I don't know. They were sitting at a table having a conversation. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows what would have happened? Just a thought. First things first. I'm going to jump right into this because this shit pisses me off. Not the tips, not the precautions, all that stuff. The shit I hear and... As a f- fair warning, there's going to be a lot of swear words. I'm, I'm going to just say that right now. I might even drop the F-bomb several times. And not on purpose. Not on purpose. It's all intent. It's with passion and with truth and with conviction that I do this podcast because I care. That's why I'm very passionate about it. Let me tell you something. Here's the thing that pisses me off. When a model that I have worked with or I'm going to work 
tells me that, oh, she worked for somebody. And that she wasn't comfortable. It rubbed her in the wrong way. Or they did something. Or said something. Even worse. Even more worse than anything ever. Is when someone gets assaulted on a shoot. I don't give a shit who did the assaulting. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. When somebody comes to me and was hurt. Says, oh, this person, such and such, said something or did something. They touched me wrong. Or they touched me in general without asking. I don't want to model anymore. Or I'm not feeling it anymore. That's the most saddest thing ever for me. Because, you know, I've worked with some pretty awesome people. And to hear them say that, the talent and everything that they've put in the shoots that even I've done or just with anybody in general... Well, anybody, not just me. There's one model I'm thinking about in particular, and there's a few. One model in particular. I won't say her name through the privacy issues, but it's personal. I worked with her at least twice. And I've talked with another photographer about this another fellow friend of mine anyways so she was fairly new she had been shooting for maybe two or three months and she was actually pretty good at it uh, I believe she had done some uh, modeling even in college I think well I'm pretty sure she still goes to college now but anyways point being she was the coolest motherfucker I worked with. Um, and I'm not playing favorites. I'm not saying, you know, she's the best model of all time that I work with, but pretty damn close. I would consider her a muse of sorts because we just vibed. And it was like 100% like we were in sync. You ever been on a shoot and something's not right? It's not... That the person's, you know, their attitude or behavior is off. It's just that sometimes there's that little something that's not clicking exactly. And it's just like it bothers you. When I work with her, and there's a very there's very few models that I work with, with that 100%, 110% in sync ratio, there's very few. But one, when I shoot with those models, it's like, it's so magical. It's like, there's no friction, whatever. It's like, you know, we're shooting, we're making magic. And we're just like, this is good. Oh, man, this is amazing, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's awesome. And that feeling is like one of the best things. It's the, it's the feeling that keeps me going. It's one of the feelings that that just freaking turn that off. One of the feelings that excites me, motivates me, inspires me all at the same time. And when a model like that gets hurt in any way, shape, or form, and I hear about it, and she stops modeling because of that. That ticks me the fuck off.
That pisses me the hell off. It's like that talent is just like, well, I mean, she's doing good. Don't get me wrong. She's doing something else. More power to her. You know, I support her. But even so. And she came to me, or rather, I told her, you know, there are going to be people that are going to hit on you. I think that was the brunt of it. It was just like, I got too many, you know, creepers hitting me up to do a shoot. She's beautiful. She's utterly beautiful. And when you put yourself out there, if you're a model, if you're attractive, whether you're a guy or a gal, male, female, doesn't matter, and you put yourself out there, somebody sees that you're attractive, and they're not exactly who they seem, they could be whatever, you know, there's photographers that are creepers, there's creepers that are photographers, there's guys with cameras, there's women with cameras, they're just doing shoots, they don't, they're not doing anything professional, but they just want to take a picture of you, there's all kinds of people out there, but when you put yourself out there publicly, publicly, you're going to freaking get it, you're, there's going to be a multitude of people that want to do something with you, whether it's a shoot or whether they're they have some ill will or ill intent, they want to do something. And I'm here to tell you the truth because here in Hawaii, it's a very relaxed, relaxed atmosphere, which is great. It's awesome. I love it. I feel I don't have to stress, but then again, I feel like I do. This is where um, this is where this comes in. I'm gonna tell you this. This is what I do. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually put this in the next segment, but I, I wanted to finish talking about this because this is this. I'm very passionate about this because when a model has to quit modeling because there's people, creepers, guys with cameras. Doing whatever the fuck. That creeped them out. I can't do this. You know. And they're very talented. They're very good. However. They don't want to do this anymore. They don't want people hitting them up anymore. They don't want. Some creeper. Wanting to just take pictures of them. Of them nude or whatever. This is the world we live in. And I hate to say, I hate to say it, but this is it. I mean, this is this is the way it is. And there's no 100% fix-it solution for it. But I feel like there is something I can bring to the table, which is why we're here. And I've had this conversation with other creatives in the community. It's fucking bullshit. 
There's predators out there. I don't want to scare anybody. But this is what I'm thinking when I do a shoot. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring it up in the next segment. But when I'm thinking about a shoot, I'm thinking about a lot of things. You know, a lot of people think, well, it's, a lot of people think it's easy to do a photo shoot. You know, go to this place and take pictures and there it's done. You put them up on Instagram and bam, that's a whole, I'm not even going to talk about all that. But some people think it's that easy. If it were that easy, I would literally take my phone and be like, hey, let's go on a photo shoot. Um, take my phone, snap some shots, post on Instagram, we're done. If it were that easy. And I guarantee you some people do that. More power to them. Nothing against it at all. Some people are very extremely talented when it comes to taking pictures with their phone. Or whatever they use. I used my phone for the longest time when I was taking photos, like landscapes, street photography, all that kind of thing. But I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about intent. I'm here to talk about precautions, protocol. If you don't know what that means, please pause this for a second and look it up. Because you're going to need it. Look, I'm not here to scare anybody. But this is the world we live in. Look, I grew up in Chicago. And this is not just for people here in, in my state, my current state in Hawaii. This is not just for anybody here. This is for anybody, anywhere. Anybody can apply this to your life. That's why we're here. Because it ain't fair. It's not fair. But that's how predators are. They prey on people that aren't as informed. They prey on the weak, in a sense. They think people are weak. They see misinformation as a weakness. The uninformed is a weakness. Yes, it is a weakness. Being ignorant is a weakness to an extent. I'm going to give you an information. I don't know everything. I've only been doing this for almost three years. Actually, I'm pretty sure over three years now. And I've gotten better at it. I'm not perfect. However, I try. And for me, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm a black guy. And that's probably not a big deal in Hawaii. But other places, it's, it's an even... Well, in the mainland, the United States of America, that can be a bigger deal, depending on where you are. So I would like to provide, and I'm going to provide my point of view and perspective on how I approach shoots and how I make sure that the models that I work with, that we collaborate together, are comfortable. And I'm not going to say, you know, every shoot's been perfect. No. That's very rare that a shoot goes perfect. I don't think there's a such thing as a perfect shoot, to be honest. Some shoots have gone three hours, four hours, six hours, when they were supposed to be 
maybe a couple hours, maybe 60 minutes, tops. But you know what? And not to say anything about the shoes, because I'm not here to talk about the quality of my shoes. I'm here to talk about certain things I do and I'm going to be doing in the future going forward. And why am I doing this? Because it's not fair. When a model gets hurt, when a model has to stop doing what she may have loved at some time in her life, because Joe fucking Schmo did something or said something. I'll tell you right now, there was a recent event where a couple women got raped last year. Last year, one of my friends was there. A person I shoot with quite a bit. I'm not going to say any names. That happened. And I don't know the entire story, but I have an idea for the most part of how it went down. And I would like, I would like to point out within this podcast, some things to alleviate. Cause I don't think there's, like I said, there's no 100% solution or perfect, but you can prevent. There's a lot of things you can do to prevent being in a situation that turns out to be a nightmare. There are things you can do. But like I said, it's not 100%. It's not guaranteed, but there are things you can do to alleviate that, to prevent. There's even things you can do before even getting to a location or a shoot that you can do to be like, hey, um, I'm not feeling it. And you'll know ahead of time that, hey, I'm not feeling it. Like I said, I don't have any perfect shoots. There are shoots I've done where I know, because I can kind of feel it, when a model isn't totally comfortable comfortable with doing whatever. I'm just a prime example. I had a model I shot with. She was not comfortable jumping over a wall. And it was a beautiful view. Um, I felt like it would have been pretty simple. You know, she was wearing shoes and all. So she wouldn't have got cut by the glass on the other side because she said there was glass. But she was not comfortable with that. So I was like, you know what? It's all good. We won't do that. That's fair, right? That's fair. There's things that I have shot that I wasn't personally comfortable with. And it shows. It will show in your photos if someone is not 100%, and you don't have to be 100% comfortable doing anything. But if you're not comfortable doing something, it's going to show. Well, first of all, if you're not comfortable, take a time out. I'm going to get to all the like the particulars and all that because, yeah, there's going to be times when you're not comfortable, but I'm not talking about, like, oh, I'm on the side of a cliff. I'm not digging this. I'm talking about if you're in a situation where you feel like 
you may be violated. That's what I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about, you know, challenging yourself, being ambitious. You know, I'm, I'm not, that's not the, this is not the, the, the podcast title of today. Maybe some other time, but right now, I want to talk about ways to avoid being put in a situation that could turn into a nightmare or a potential uh, predator or date rape or whatever the fuck. That's what we're here for today. And if I miss anything, because I don't know everything. Every situation is different. Everyone is different. That model may be different than the one I shot with three weeks prior. And they are. Everyone's comfort level is different. My comfort level is different depending on who I'm shooting with. Especially if it's somebody new. And I, don't, I can't gauge them because I'm like, I've never shot with them before. And even worse, if they don't have much to show for it, I'm like, well, roll the dice. Let's see what we're going to get today. Because sometimes shoots go like that. <laughs> Actually, they go like that pretty often. Roll the dice. So let's talk about that. Stay tuned to my next segment. I'm going to talk about things that I do as a photographer and visual artist that not only um, it's pretty much my story and then after that segment I'm going to talk about tips, precautions, protocol that sort of thing uh, red flags that and things to look out for even before the shoot starts so stay tuned for the next segment segment Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This segment I'm going to talk about, I'm just going to pretty much give you my story, what I do on my shoots, kind of how I set it up every time. Pretty much every time I do a shoot, every time prior to doing a shoot, this is how I approach it. Um, Though it's kind of like a workflow, yes, but also it's a way to gauge so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna start so when I okay I'll just start with the first time I shoot with a, uh, a model for the first time I don't know her we've never you know we've talked maybe a couple times she may have asked me but hey I want to shoot I'm like okay cool first thing I do very first thing I do I will be like okay you know, a profile may be cool. And the first thing, one of the first things I do is I check a profile. I see, well, what? how experienced is this model? Male or female, doesn't matter. How experienced are they? I won't even ask them. Not up front. I won't ask them how long they've been shooting. I, I, I'll ask that later. I'll take a look at their Instagram. They're supposed to be their modeling portfolio or profile, whatever. I'll take a look at that, 
and see how new they are. Because you can kind of gauge a few things just by doing that one thing. Checking the profile. Do they have a real name? Do they have a website? One model I shot with, and only one that I've shot with so far, actually had a website. And I thought it was the fucking dopest thing ever. And was pretty organized. I'm like, you've been doing this for a while. That's what I was thinking. Like, you've been doing this for a while. Not saying you have to have a website. But it helps. I mean, you can get a free portfolio website and put photos on there. And put the link in the Instagram. No problem. So that's, that's one of the first things I do. Take a look at the profile. Second, because I like to funnel people to see what their interest is. And this is more of like, well, this is see how serious they are. And if they're not serious, they won't do it. Or they're just very busy and they don't have the time to do it. I send them to my, my website. I have a link that goes to my website. I call it the trade portal. The trade portal is where I have information regarding trades and collaborations on shoots. The most important thing out of the whole deal is not the fact that the profile exists or that I send them there. It's the fact that I have a survey at the end. The survey I think it's like 20, 15 to 20 questions long now. It's gotten longer over time because every time I keep thinking like, oh, this would be a good question to ask. Like, oh, well, do you drive? Do you have a car? No, I mean, that's not the most important thing. That is important for setting up a shoot, but it's not important for establishing boundaries, comfort levels, etc. No, I have specific questions for that. Most importantly, because shoots, if if you've been doing them long enough, they can get pretty sensual, intimate. Clothes come off, nudity appears, implied or full on, doesn't matter. It happens. Not everyone does it, but a lot of models do for whatever reason. Doesn't matter. So before any of that, before we get to, before we even get to a, a shoot, before I get to a location, before we even establish what the shoot is about, I want to know, for me, the most important thing is to know how far a model is willing to go. And I need to know it not just for me, but also for the model. Because then... After I know, I can be like, okay, this is the shoot I want to do. And I know, like, well, she doesn't want to do implied. Okay, so I want to ask her. We're not going to do that. If they're not comfortable doing a certain thing, then I'm not going to be like, hey, let's do a shoot. And, oh, by the way, you're going to be naked. I'm not going to do that. Now, if they want to do that during the shoot, that's on them. I'm not asking if they're not comfortable. That's the first thing. So I want you to take notes. 
<laughs> it doesn't matter what role you play. Everyone has a role to play. If you're a makeup artist and you ask your model to strip down because I got to put makeup here, got to put on your breasts, whatever, make sure she's good with that. That's kind of important. It's really important. It's really important. I have very specific questions. So one of my questions involves nudity, if you haven't figured it out already. <clears throat> question is, I don't know by heart, but um, it's along the lines of, well, I could ask it, well, in regards to nudity, how much are you willing to show? That's kind of like the question. I, I know it's, it's phrased, let's pretend that's the question. In regards to nudity, how much are you willing to show? And there's options. The first option is, well, I'm not into that thing. I'm not into that sort of thing. Fine. I've had a couple miles I actually pick that option. That's the right. And I respect it. You should, as you as you should, respect their choice, their option. I've okay. There's other things along the way. It's like, oh, you know, I, I'm cool. I'm fine. I'm comfortable in my birthday suit. I am, uh, I even have, it goes all the way up to, well, fully new except for triple eight, triple X content. I actually have an option for that. I've had, realistically, I've had a couple models actually pick that. Only a couple. Most of them will pick anything from the first, second, third, or fourth. But at least I know, and the survey is like, okay, it's all organized for me. I can even go back and, and check this pie graph and see what percentage of people have picked what. Male or female, doesn't matter. I have other questions in there. It's not, not just nudity. Uh, what, what's the comfort level in front of a camera? has nothing to do with nudity but just the fact that oh you're in front of the camera i even asked my clients this question because it's extremely important to know what their comfort level is in front of the camera if they're even okay with it you can tell when people are not cool in front of a camera some people are very camera shy it's a very i mean it's not very easy to figure that out on the day of the shoot <laughs> unless it's just openly obvious but again that sort of thing shows in photos so that's the second thing I send the survey out answer all these questions and I get the feedback for me that's the most important thing and like, you know the craziest thing is some people don't even fill it out again they, they might be busy they may have forgotten about it whatever but if I don't know, this is why I, I favor if anyone ever asks me to do a shoot and they don't do my survey, like I said, I figure, hey, they're not they're, they're too busy, they're not they're not really serious. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. We're not gonna shoot. Well, I won't say we won't shoot. It's not hundred percent. Everybody doesn't always fill it out for whatever reason. Um, another way I can kind of gauge comfort level is, again, by checking their profile. See if they've done, like, 
things are a little edgier than say you know your your senior portrait or whatever if they don't fill out the survey and I would say um, a good 75% of the models I've worked with in the past two to three years have not fit have not filled it out and mostly because I just came up the survey last year so it's fairly new I've been ha- I've had it for a year a little over a year because I just started last January and I've gotten a good 22 responses which is pretty good so if I took the ratio of models that I shot with last year that did fill it out versus that didn't and I shot with them I would say that I am shot with probably a good 90% of the models that actually filled it out so it's a higher chance that I will shoot with you if you fill it out versus if you didn't I'm just putting that out there it's not it's not like an absolute thing, like I said. It's just one of my criteria to figure out, you know, how serious you are. It's one of my gauges. And again, it's important for me. So it's not just, oh, I'm, I need your information. No, I mean, yeah, it's good to have your information so I know who you are. But for me, again, it helps me gauge comfort. It helps me gauge experience. And if I don't know what that is, then I have to do it the hard way and figure it out on a shoot. And sometimes it doesn't it doesn't come out very well. It's like, oh, okay, this is awkward. But even after surveys fill out, sometimes it's awkward as well. It's not like I'm gonna come to the shoot and know who you are, which is why I do something else. So after I send the survey out, which is like the second thing, second or third, depending on the order I do these things, but that's one of the first things I do. Check the profiles and send the survey out. They fill the survey out. I get the information. We schedule the shoot in the future. And along the way, I'm getting to know the model. Sometimes days before the shoot, sometimes weeks. But I get to know the model and she gets to know me throughout the shoot. More often than not, and they say this is something you should do is meet in public for the first time before doing a shoot. Now, I haven't done that. The only thing that I've done that's even remotely close to that is sometimes I've gone to car shows and what I'll do is I'll network, meet meet up with models and be like, hey, or I just kind of meet them, you know, gauge them, see what they see, what they're up to, see what they're about. And we'll kind of talk, you know, D in the DMs and schedule shoot later on. Or sometimes uh, what we've been doing lately is having dinners on Thursdays with creatives and models alike. And sometimes I'll meet models like that and we'll figure out a shoot later on. And But at that time, you know, we've gotten to know each other a little bit. And gauge our comfort again. And I know a lot of people don't do it. I mean, yeah, no one really has time. I mean, you know how much time it would really take to meet, to physically meet, to go out. Like, let's meet at Starbucks. Let's go to Starbucks. 
And let's, you know, let's, let's talk about the shoot a little bit. Let's go over some things, some guidelines, which is great, which is ideal. But realistically, I don't have the time. Most people don't have the time. That's just, this is why technology, social media is amazing. It's an amazing tool for communication. If you use it that way. I mean, you got video chat, chat in the DMs, etc. Use the tools at your disposal. If you don't think, if you're, if there's something that's like, well, I've never met this person. If there's a brain cell that says, hey, I've never met this person. And you're hesitant for whatever reason, whatever that, just for the sheer fact you've never met that person. Do a FaceTime, you know, do a, a duel for Android, video chat. Talk about your life, ask questions. Ask questions ahead of time. Sometimes I ask about the model, you know, you know how long you been doing it for? Even before we get to the shoot. Because I asked the same question on the shoot. Clarification. Building up rapport. While developing a comfort level. Engaging the comfort zone. This is all important stuff. Now I'm pretty sure I'm going to skip something here. But... After all that's done, you know, we've gotten to know each other a little bit. We, we schedule the dates. And one important thing is to have a location picked out beforehand. Most of the time, if I'm shooting with a model for the first time, um, and I may not even think about it, but... I will try, I will strive to have it in a public place. Most of the time it's a park. Most of the time it's a beach. Most of the time it's um, where a lot of people are going to be or it's possible there are going to be, a lot of people are going to be there. However, because it is a shoot, I like to find places that are kind of secluded. And that's the reason I try to find because I don't want a bunch of people in my fucking shots. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how hard it is to edit people out of your shots? This is why I find like the most hard, sometimes it's hard to get to places. Because it's secluded. It has, a, it has an element of seclusion. But it's still public. It's relatively public. Anybody can go there. So ahead of time, I like to tell the model, hey, we're going to meet here. It's not always 100% perfect sometimes, but more often than not, I would say 99% of the time, 99.9% of the time, I tell the model the location at least 24 hours in advance. So they know. One is not just for safety precautions, just because they want to know how long it's going to take to get there. Is it going to be traffic? These are all things you should be thinking about anyways. Is it going to take me an hour and a half to get there? from where they're going to be coming from. Very important. But most importantly, it's so they know, and so they can be like, hey, um, 
roommate or friend or fill in a blank. Put somebody in that space. Hey, such and such, I'm going to be here doing the shoot tomorrow at this time. Some people's um, perspective of what time is is very worrisome. Very worrisome. The reason why time and location knowledge is extremely important is because if those two things don't match for whatever reason, if photographer A is like, hey, um, I know we were going to shoot here, but at the last second, he's like, well, I want to shoot over here. And yeah, it happens. It happens. But he'd be damn sure he'd have a good reason that he's switching up the location. He or she. Doesn't matter who. They better have a good reason why they're changing the location at the very last second. Because we've already established this. You know, we've been planning this out for days, right? And all of a sudden, why is this changing? I would consider that a yellow flag. I would ask the question, why are we changing the location? Because we already established the location. And he or she better have a good reason. A good reason could be, well, the place that we wanted to shoot is under construction. I just got here. We're not supposed to shoot for another 30 to 45 minutes. But I just got here. There's construction. And um, if anything... If anything, instead of you can just meet the photographer at the original at the original place, talk about it there. I actually had a shoot kind of like that, not 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 so much like that, but we had to change location. It was just a dangerous, very volatile area for waves. And um, just a quick story: we were doing an interview because I will tell you about the interview in a second. But so I like to do an interview with models for the first time shooting with them before shooting anyways i will explain a little bit more about that in a, in a moment after the story so i knew where i wanted to shoot so let's tie pools it's beautiful it looks like it's like on the horizon and it goes straight out in the water bam sunset right perfect except it's not perfect in the middle of the interview, and I can actually go back to the interview to this day. To this day, I interviewed with Kara Model, and this massive wave comes out of nowhere. It takes out the whole tide pool. Now imagine for a second if we were doing a photo shoot there, the model could have easily got injured. I could have got injured. I could have got pulled in the water. We we both could have got pulled in the water. Camera gear would have got jacked up. And there was a model that actually got pretty fucked up bad from a a massive, like a a rogue wave. It just happened out of nowhere. So I was like, you know what? I don't think this is a good idea. I think we should change the location. It's the very first time that I actually had to change location on the spot because it was just not safe. Yeah, and yeah, 
Comfort level also plays a part. It had nothing to do with nudity at all. Just safety. Being safe and not being swallowed up by the ocean. Because that shit happens. That's by, um, for anybody familiar uh, in Hawaii, Nanakuli. That's by the uh, Mermaid Caves. Kind of close. <coughs> Waves over there can be extremely volatile. So we have to move. We figured out eventually that it was high tide. Because the location we had to go to was a little bit less accessible than we had anticipated. But it was a secret spot, and we ended up shooting there, and we got some pretty dope photos. But that was the very first time we had to change locations due to the fact of safety being the number one concern. So that's an extremely good reason of why you would need to change the location at the last minute. And that actually happened in real time. Other than that, I mean, there had better be a good reason. I don't know. If you have any good example, please put it in the comment section. Or please um, do a message recording and I'll put it in the podcast later on. Because that's pretty fucking dope. Anyways, so something else that I do, and this is like on the day of the shoot. For the, I, only, I only do it for the very first time I shoot with a model. So, one, I can get to know them. Two, I can gauge, you know, their experience. So, it's like I'm asking the same questions twice. But now it's for the podcast, for the audience. But it's also for me kind of like to re-up, re-up my memory, okay? Just bear with me for a second. I want to know again why. But the questions for the matter, the questions matter, but... For me, this is the icebreaker. This is the first time we've met. This is the first time we're going to shoot. And what's important to me, and what I'm sure is extremely important to who I'm shooting with, is the fact that we establish some ground rules. First and foremost, we get to know each other just a little bit. Build a little bit of rapport. See, you know, what she's comfortable doing. And I have questions designed to do that I have one question it's very broad it's very general that asks the model hey what are you interested in doing in the future or hey what's your favorite style or genre now of course we've already established what our current shoot is going to be however whatever the answer is going to be then I can kind of determine like, hey maybe this would be cool if you did this and I would know kind of how comfortable she is doing whatever it is I'm asking her to do. Or him. It doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. It could be a whole, like a safety thing. There's the models that'll stand on the side of a cliff and they're cool with that. I'm not cool with that necessarily, but it's, it makes for a very epic photo. I'm cool as long as they're good, okay? My rule of thumb is, and it's always been, is if they're comfortable, and I know it, I'm comfortable. That's that's really the most important thing for me. Comfort level. Comfort level. 
extremely important. And it should be important for you. Now, there are a lot of things that I cannot figure out in a five-minute survey, questionnaire, whatever. There's just things that I can't. I can't read minds. I can't always gauge it. So, this is why you ask questions. You ask questions during the shoot. I normally ask, you know, hey, would you be comfortable doing this, whatever, whatever. I've gotten better at it. I'm not 100%, like I said, but I've gotten a lot better at it. Asking questions. Like when it comes to like, okay, you know, I don't normally ask for a model to be like, hey, uh, is it okay if you go topless because I think it would look cool? It's a great question, but I normally don't ask because I'm not really good at that. I'll be honest with you. Yes, while I've done nudes, I've done implied I usually establish that fact ahead of time, and I know that I'm going to do that, so when the time comes, hey, could you remove your top or whatever, because this is the certain time that I think this is going to look pretty epic, this is going to look pretty cool if you do that, that's because we've already established that, we've already taught, we've already said that, hey, this is what the shoot is going to entail, it's not oh, hey, by the way, could you do this? And we no, with no prior planning or warning. I've known, or at least I've heard, people have done that. I've heard that before. But here's the thing, so... Like I said, I'm not really good at asking that question if I haven't planned it out already. So I don't ask it. I haven't asked it. But if a model wants to do that and she's comfortable doing it, by all means, go for it. Go for it. I'm not against nudity in whatever respect. I do have a limit. I do have a line. I don't cross it. At least I haven't crossed it yet. That's full-on porn full-on triple x i have not crossed that line i don't really plan to but i have seen some pretty dope shit that has me intrigued i'll tell you a brief story here it was a recent shoot a model very attractive woman um we're shooting it wasn't there was no nudity involved there wasn't even any implied. However, there was a dress she was supposed to wear. Dress was amazing. It looked amazing. The question she asked me was whether or not she should wear pasties. If you don't know what pasties are, look it up. But I'll explain to you. Pasties are nipple cover-ups. They're very good to wear in situations where you are pretty sure that there's going to be some exposure, there might be an accident, whatever. They're good to have that. Um, Again, this shoot wasn't designed to have any nudity or implied or anything like that. Um, However, the dress she was wearing was like, I think it was silk. 
and it was very form-fitting. So, her major concern was whether or not she should wear the paces, and whether or not um, her nipples would be exposed. Which is a very good question. Because I didn't know how form-fitting the dress was. This is the first time she's worn it. This is the first time we've shot wearing that dress. And by the way, the dress was amazing. So she asked me, was it a good idea? And I, I think, honestly, she was okay. Well, yeah, actually, she was okay. She was okay with the fact that her nipples would be exposed. But something came up, I think... Her boyfriend, I mentioned something. I won't say any names, but this is what happened. She was more concerned about what her boyfriend thought. And I'm like, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know that at the time, but she had brought it up later on. So what I told her was, you know, it's whatever you're comfortable with. I'm not, you know, my frame of thought was, I'm not going to force her, you know, to go without if she's uncomfortable not wearing the pasties even though she's fully clothed then let her wear pasties and so she did so we did a good half to shoot actually I think with pasties actually most I would say more like three-fifths of the shoot was done with pasties only to come to find out the pasties were a little large And so we look, we review some of the photos, which is great. It's another thing you should do to get the model more comfortable. And this is not even in a sexual sense or, or nudity or whatever. It's to, for the simple fact that, you know, maybe she wants to know how she looks or how he looks. So it's good to do that. I mean, I think even Silly, uh, photographer Silly mentioned that in one of his videos that you should do that anyways so upon review we figured out that yeah she didn't like she did not like the paces they were they were way too big they made her breasts look even bigger I mean granted they're a nice size but because she's kind of built she's toned but they made him like they made her nipples look like big and she didn't like that so because she didn't like that, she was like, you know, I'm just going to go without. I'm like, I'm cool with that. Like I said, comfort level. You know, even even the fact, the fact of the matter is, yes, without the pasties, her nipples were more exposed, but it wasn't like translucent. You can't necessarily see them. It was just a shadow. And she was actually more okay with that fact. She was fine with it. And I was like, you know, because I told her, I'm like, yeah, you know, we could have gone without the paces at first. We could have. But if she was uncomfortable the whole time, and I don't, I can feel that. If, I don't know what it is, but I can feel, not all the time, but I can kind of feel when someone is uncomfortable. And this is something that's, you know, it's kind of almost simple, really, if you think about it. It's like pasties. 
something so simple can turn out to be a big freaking deal. And it can. It absolutely can. Because it's her body. She wants to look good. But at the same time, she doesn't want to go over the top. So she wore the Pacey's. And then figured out later on, well, Pacey's look kind of big, and they were. You'd have to actually be looking for them, to be honest. But I will say this, because I know she's wearing them. I know that they're there, and it makes a huge difference once she actually removed them. It looks more natural. So we went without the Pacey's, and the photos came out amazing. She loved them. They were more natural. She loved the photos without the Pacey's versus with that with the Pacey's. The point is, she was comfortable with that. That's all. It's a simple question. With or without. I'm really glad that she brought the pasties. In fact, I should carry my own pasties. Not for me. But I told her, I was like, you know, it'd be a great idea if I had like this box, you know, knickknacks, whatever. Uh, tape, some masking tape, even though the cover up, you know, if I don't have pasties, you know, a model can just kind of like put the tape on there and it'll be great. She'll be good. No problem. If we're doing a shoot like that and she's not comfortable with having bare nipples exposed, but if that was the intent, then of course she's not wearing pasties. I, the point is, as I've always said before, is comfort level. Gauge the comfort, and you can't gauge it if you don't know, and you don't know unless you ask questions. That's it, really. It's not rocket science. It's gauging people's emotions, their feelings. Uh, I mean, that's not exactly the easiest thing to do, to be honest. I would say I have a high emotional IQ, emotional um, intelligence, Wait, 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 wait. EQ is emotional. Fuck, I don't know. What does the Q stand for? Emotional intelligence. Okay. I, whatever that is, I have a high amount of it. I feel like I have a high amount. I can kind of feel. I engage people, which is probably good. I, I work in customer service. Even though customer service annoys me to an extent. But I'll leave that for a different story on a different day. The point I want to bang in your guys' heads, this is something I do. It's work for, it works for me. It's not perfect. But it's something I've been working on and I will continue to work on until it's like natural. So I can walk in a shoe and be like, okay, hey, you know, um, I can ask those questions because the questions are important. They're not just questions. They're not just useless questions. They're very important. Something so simple as a question is way better than, you know, in mid shoot, not having asked the question before asking a model, Hey, can you go topless? Because I think this would look great. And it may look great. It may look amazingly great to shoot an applied shoot on the beach. 
as most photos that like that do look amazing. But is the model comfortable with that? Especially on spare the moment, because a lot of things happen, unfortunately, just, they happen just right then and there. We're going to do this right now. Now, we've put her on the spot. I don't think that's fair. And having not expected that, it's just not fair. It's not fair at all. So ask the questions. For the most part, I haven't had any complaints. In fact, after the shoot's done, I'll sometimes ask, and I'm getting better at doing this as well, but I'll ask, because I don't always ask, but I'll ask sometimes, is there anything I could do that would have made the shoot better? Most of the time, it's like, well, it was great, you know? <laughs> I was comfortable kind of thing, and it was great, it was a good shoot. But my question is right now, for anybody listening, and if they've ever collabed, worked with me, please, please. And I, I, I should tell um, models or anybody, makeup artists, whoever's worked with me, if there's anything at all that you felt like that was a little over the top or that was a little over the line, that was like a yellow light or even red I don't pretty sure I've never done anything red lights uh, that you would consider red light but it could you know I don't know if I did I don't believe that and some people have you know different perceptions of what is yellow light like I'll give you an example uh, they call it shop talk. Shop talk is when guys, sometimes women included, they talk about other women or guys or whatever in a sexual way, and they're just talking about it like in a group. We call it shop talk. So sometimes on the shoot, I've even witnessed this and have also partaked in this, and I try to keep it to a minimum. Especially if it's mid-shoot. I mean, if a woman's attractive, okay, it's one thing. But, you know, somebody keeps talking about it. Um, damn it. Someone keeps mentioning, you know, oh, her, like her breasts are big. You know, they need to make a comment. I mean, I try to just, I try to stay out of that. I mean, it does happen among people. It happens, Okay. I personally, I try to steer clear of that. Okay, yeah, they're nice. And I'll just shut the fuck up. But why is that? Why is that the conversation is a question? Why are we talking about this? I mean, out of all things, and this is the worst time to make comments like that. And I've heard from models where somebody has said something and of course they can hear it they're there and they they made this comment and now it's like well you stated the obvious however but now you've made the model uncomfortable and they probably don't want to work with you again because you said it i mean there are limits some models don't care but when you start talking about them 
body parts, anything sexual in nature, they may not seem like they don't care. Let me make let me make this clear. There's always a degree of care when it comes to them personally. I want to make that crystal clear. So, please, please, no shop talk. And if you're going to do it, then talk about it afterwards. When the model is not there. And you can do all the shop talk you want. Because it happens. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it happens. But during a shoot, keep it professional. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, this is what I've done. It's worked for me. I would like to improve upon it. But the only way I can improve is that if there's anything that I can do to make it better, please tell me. And I'm not uh, talking about my work. I'm talking about my ethic. I'm talking about my professionalism. Those things help me become a better not just a better person. I mean, well, not. Yes, that will help me be, be a better person in general. But it will help me be a better photographer, someone that's getting. It's kind of like a coach. It makes me. It helps me be a better coach. Because let's be let's be real here. A photographer has a lot of hats. Location scout, uh, customer service. Um, Visual artist, somebody that's you know, lining up the shots, button clicker, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, we have a lot of hats. And one of those things that not everyone is good at is being able to get the model in a place where she feels that she feels safe. And that is the most important thing, safe more ways than one. That's really what I'm talking about. In my next segment, I am going to talk about different precautions and things that you should be doing and you can do to prevent certain things from happening. But for this segment, I'm pretty much done. Uh, I've probably skipped some things. I... It's already like 45 minutes into this, so I wanted to just tell you my story. That's how I do my shoots, and it's worked for me. Uh, it might work for you. I hope it helps. And we're going to talk about tips and precautions in the, in the next segment, so stay tuned. to the segment now I know there's been a, uh, a time lag between segments here this is actually weeks and days after I'm finally finished this, finishing this up so I want to provide some tips as far as how to keep yourself safe uh, no matter whether you're the photographer 
the model, the makeup artist, or whoever, if you're going out to do a shoot and there's only one other person, whoever that might be. So let's get started. Uh, so I've actually, um, I searched around like different uh, references and talked to a few models and people that work in the industry. And because I, you know what, I got, you know, kind of upset. So because I'm passionate about this, I'm passionate because, and I mentioned this a million times already, is because like it, it makes everyone look bad, especially male photographers, because this stuff happens and it's perpetrated by males much of the time. Doesn't mean females can't do it or don't do it. It just means males do it a lot more. So let's get started. And turn that little beep bloop bloop off of my phone. Alright, so I'm gonna go on go down the line. I don't really have like a uh I kinda have a little structure in my mind how I want to do it. So let's just get started. Uh so kind of like my last segment, and uh, just going about how I do it, I'm going to give you tips on how to protect yourself even before the shoot begins, if the internet cooperates, because I'm out here, I'm not even that far away from civilization, I'm just, you know, very gathered, oh man, okay, technology. This is like the band of my existence right here is internet. If I don't have good internet, it's just like, why? So first of all, you get you get a DM, you know, a call or whatever from let's just let's just say a photographer. Let's just say a photographer contacts you and say, hey, I want to shoot. Let's shoot sometime. And you're like, okay. Before you say okay. I want you to say, let me think about it, as an automatic response, unless you know the photographer, then you'd be like, yeah, that'd be cool, right? But if you don't know, and this is like the first time they've contacted you, it doesn't matter, female, male, whatever, first time they contact you, you'd be like, let me sleep on it or whatever, let me get a, ask them. You know, do they got a website? Big one, big one. You know, do they have a website? Check out what they have. Check out if you want to even be a part of their art. I mean, this is all important stuff. Because it's your image that's going to be out there, right? I mean, if they, let's say, you know, the photographer isn't even that good. And they ask you, hey, I want to do a shoot. And you put yourself out there. Now you got, you know, bad photos or whatever. God forbid, right? And that's 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 the best case scenario. You get just bad photos out of the whole thing. Uh, check out the social media. You know, check out what they got. You know, most of the time, people have Instagram, uh, Twitter, or Facebook or something. One of those top three. Check out what they have. YouTube even better. If they got a video, they do they do a lot of BTS. Check out what they have. Now, most importantly, when you check out their their social media feed check out who they've worked with do you do you see anyone or know anyone if best uh, best thing to look for is if they tag people if they don't tag people at all that's a red flag 
Now, I know uh, a lot of photographers also have clients, and sometimes they don't want to be tagged. That's understandable, so ask them about that. But if you don't see any tags at all, like nobody, like none of the models have tags, that's a red flag. And if you don't, like say, if you don't see anyone that, that you know that may have worked with that person, you know, ask people, ask around, see if there's somebody in the community, whether that be a photographer, friend, model, or whoever, that can be like, oh, hey, I know that guy, or hey, I don't know that guy. Uh, actually, there's a couple groups that I that I'm in. A few, actually, more than a few. But so the question comes up all the time from models asking, like, "Hey, do you know this person?" And it's 50/50 or 60/40 sometimes whether I know the person or not. I may have heard the name, and I'll just be honest, like, I, I don't I don't know that person. And a lot of the times, you know, they get you know some bad vibes, you know, some otherly you know other vibes from this person like they start asking about hey we're gonna do it we're gonna take care of you you know at one model and i brought this up before we had one model mentioned um she had a friend that's underage and the, the, the photographer allegedly the photographer because some some of these people aren't photographers they're just people with cameras guys with cameras or chicks with cameras more often than not it's gonna be like a guy with the camera that just wants to shoot somebody naked or something. But anyways, so this person was like, yeah, you know, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I, I got you. I'll give you free food or whatever. It's just like, wow, I've never heard that before. Um, why would that be like, you know, these, these, these girls ain't like poor or nothing. They're not homeless. So, I mean, I, I'm, I, I can go for free food. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, I've had a few models actually give me food after the shoots just like hey you know thank you this is kind of like a thank you but to offer that to shoot uh knowing that one of the girls are underage that's kind of a red flag that actually is a red flag it's a major red flag and so that model stopped talking with that person and we i even personally said you know hey that's that's kind of sketch that's really sketch. And this stuff, it happens more than you think. More often than you think. And what about the people I don't know that reside out here? That, you know, they get these DMs or whatever. You know, hey, they look sexy on their Instagram. And next thing you know, you got this following of guys with cameras that want to shoot with them. Like, want to take them out to wherever they want to go and shoot with these girls. Like, there's a lot of people like that. I mean... I don't want to scare anybody, but, I mean, this is the world we live in. This is the world we live in, and you got to be ready. You got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. Um, but, yeah, check out their their social media and ask anybody that if they know them or not. If, if they don't, if the answer is no to all those things, like, oh, I don't like their work, yellow flag, Hey, I don't know anybody that's shot with them. I don't see any tags on these models at all. I mean, I personally, I tag every model. Now, there's certain clients I may not tag for whatever reason. It's if I'm shooting something that's more intimate, and the client's like, "No, I don't want, I don't want people to know that," then I won't tag them. That's my reason for not tagging them. But I'm, there's no other reason why I'm not going to tag anybody other than that or 
if someone says, hey, I, I don't want people to know I'm, you know, I'm doing this kind of work, that's understandable. But to not have any tags at all, and there's people like that out there, is a yellow flag. So just check that out and ask ask people, ask around. Um, going down the list here on this page, I may kind of jump around a little bit. So the last part, uh, more more so, is checking references. Okay, that's that's what you should do. Check people's references. You know, check the website, check the social media, check if anyone knows them, or if they worked with them, how they worked. That's very important to know. Ask these questions beforehand. And I say this because not everyone is knowledgeable about this, especially newbies. Anybody that's new. That's starting out modeling. That's hey, they get this DM. I want to just tell you guys this. Uh, doesn't matter if you're male or female. People get taken advantage of regardless. And this is the world we live in. I don't want to scare on anyone, but this happens. So, new people especially ask these questions. You do not know these people, and if you do, that's a different story. But I'm saying if you don't know them. You don't know what they're capable of. You don't know, you know, what their intentions are. And much of the time, predators, for example, not to say everyone's a predator, not to say all guys with cameras are predators, but predators are looking for the opportunity to, to do something. They're looking for a weak point or something. They're looking to do something. That they, they just need that one opportunity. That's all, they, that's all it takes. So keep that in mind. Be on your guard at all times and this is before the shoot i i I haven't even gotten to the the juicy part uh when the shoot starts so just keep that in mind to protect yourself communication still pre-shoot this is very key very essential so you get a dm you know photographers like hey want to shoot um and much of the time he's going to have an idea because you're new you may not, or you may have, but even if, you know, you do have an idea or you guys agree on something that makes sure that something is what you're going to be doing and not something that, oh, it changes all of a sudden when you get there. Like, for example, you're shooting, um, let me just make something up real quick. You're shooting a lifestyle shoot, you know, you got jeans and a, and a, a crop top and a, some kind of jacket. I don't know. You get there. And he's like, no, you know, I, I, I want to do something else. I want to shoot, you know, nude, like total full nude. Already a red flag. That's not what you agreed on, right? How, how did it go from lifestyle to a nude shoot all of a sudden? I mean, come on now. Come on now. Must be smart about this. Uh, another thing in regards to communication is setting an exact time date and location of where this shoot's going to happen. This I do this on a constant. This is not this is nothing new to me over new models especially. It's not just being punctual because that is important, but knowing where when the shoot's going to go down and then what being what are we shooting? All very important things. And not only that, you can tell your friends like, "Hey, if something does happen, you know, this is where, this is when, where I'm going to be doing this shoot. 
So there's no there's no secret. Now, if that changes like the last second, and I told you in my last segment that sometimes it happens where you have to change it up for safety reasons. But if it changes to say, you know, a public park to some secluded, you know, alley somewhere and you're shooting half naked and that wasn't the plan. And this is your first time shooting with the person, by the way. This isn't just like, oh, we know each other. We have this spontaneous thought. No, this is a spontaneous thought that they came up with, and, we're, and he de- and he decided, I'm gonna, I want to shoot in the alley. There's nobody there, nobody around. This is the first time we shot together, so yeah, that's a yellow flag, right? Just like I said, you know, that you have a plan, execute the plan as you had it, unless you know and you've worked with this person before. Stay with the plan; it will keep you safe. Now, you know, some plans are even sketchy in themselves. Like, you know, hey, we're going to shoot. Uh, it's the first time contacting you. Uh, I want to shoot, you know, a nude, you know, in, in, in some deep secluded forest somewhere. And this is the first time we've ever met. I mean, I, I honestly, um, if you're new and you've never done that before, I would consider that a red flag. But... If you've done that kind of work before and they contact you, I would look at their work first and foremost. Again, going back to looking at their work. And if if you feel comfortable shooting with that person and they have, you know, some work that proves that they're credible and actually good, then go for it. I mean, that's what you do anyways. But, I mean, again, I'd ask go through all those things ask people questions if you know this person or if they've shot with them or not again this is this is all a process right it's all a process and once you ask all these questions you feel okay I feel good then go for it otherwise be on your guard that's all I'm saying now, just as an uh, additional thing, most people are fairly professional, if anything. They're, they're pretty courteous about this, um, about anything regarding a shoot. Just keep that in mind. You know, like I said, not everybody is a predator. Not everyone's out to get you. But just so that we can alleviate that from happening is why I'm giving these tips, is why I'm telling you Hey, this is what would be a great idea for you to do to avoid these things that come up. Communication during a shoot. This is is actually a website I'm actually reading off of here. Um, It's irmacphotography.com. And if you do a a DuckDuckGo search and keep safe as a model... You can do a Google search, but I use DuckDuckGo. Um, and as far as communication during the shoot, is just as important as before the shoot. So now we're getting into meat and potatoes. Uh, so while we're shooting, you know, while they're shooting, you know, you know, they ask you, you know, first off, know your limits, know your, your boundaries, and know your comfort zone. I know during a shoot, there's a lot of moving parts sometimes. 
and next thing you know, you're you're getting undressed, and it's knowing uh, your limits is gonna keep you safe. So if there's any direction from the photographer or whoever that says, "Oh, now you gotta be," you know, like gonna move your top or something like that, and if you're not comfortable, if if there's anything you're not comfortable doing, just say no. Just say no. And leave it at that. If they're pushy about it, it's like, hey, yo, I've shot this kind of thing many times. I've done it so many times. It'll be okay. They're being pushy. I explained this in my last segment. I don't, I personally don't like being pushy myself. And I don't like people being pushy when I walk in the store and try to sell me something. So I usually just, I, it kind of like repels me. When someone does that, it's like, you know, I'm not interested. Don't talk to me. Just think about it like that. If somebody's pushy and you probably don't like pushy people, I don't think anybody really does, but if that happens to you, just say no. And if it comes to a point, you walk away. And it shoots over. I'm done. I had a model I was talking to, um, was it last weekend? Nah, anyway... It was a couple weeks ago. No, actually, it was the last weekend. Uh, we shot last weekend. She told me the story about a uh, photographer that was talking to her on a shoot. And I, I forgot all the, I'm not sure about all the details, but... So the photographer was like, Hey, you know, uh, I want to do this... Uh, something nude or something, whatever. And it was a totally different shoot. Um... The photographer, the photographer actually had... Well, I don't actually remember if it was a nude, but... The photographer asked her to do something. I just... I, I say, I don't remember what it is, but... Then the model was like, you know... I'm not really comfortable doing that. And... They ended up asking him again. And the, the model was like, you know, we're done. We're done. But keep that in your in your mind. It's like, if it comes to it, say No. And if it keeps going, if it keeps being pushy, walk away. So you add, they, we're done. This is over. We're not doing this no more. Keep that in your mind. And keep that in your toolbox of things to remember. And it'll keep you safe. Because as you keep going, you're just, you're presenting an opportunity. And you're just putting it out there. And then next thing you know, and this happens so many times where people get taken advantage of. So if you're not comfortable doing, you know, overly sexual stuff, then just say no. Say, hey, you know, this is, I thought this was a lifestyle shoot. I thought this is what we're doing. Now, given some lifestyle, I mean, I haven't seen too many lifestyle shoots that can be extremely sexy, but they do exist. However, if that wasn't the agreed upon type of shoot, then it doesn't matter. It's like, well, I'm not, if you're not comfortable doing that, don't do it say no doesn't matter that's just one example i mean some people may not be comfortable wearing bare feet that's that's a totally different thing but there's people out there like that you know but anyways if you're not comfortable doing something just say no and they keep pushing they they keep being pushy about it walk away hey we're done we're leaving um this next portion, uh, I, having a chaperone, is something I think is extremely important. 
I don't see it done very often out here. However, I've seen it a few times. What is surprising to me is that the lack of people that actually do it. Now, I understand, you know, people are busy and especially waking up sunrise early in the morning, you know, the second person might not want to show up because it's so early. I get that. I get it. So, but if there's anything that says, hey, I don't trust myself around this one person because it's one person versus myself, then bring a friend. Bring someone. And obviously, it's not very obviously, it's not very obvious to some underage people because I've talked to underage women girls before and one actually expressed like, hey I want to shoot with you but she, she had no idea of there was like these things called rules and guidelines that we adults have to adhere to so I told her yeah I shoot but I need I need you to bring a chaperone or a parental guardian somebody that's over 18 that can kind of vouch for you that's that's there as your, as representing you because she can't represent herself and she can't sign the agreement technically for herself, at least not in this state. Those things you have to pay attention to and every state is different, every country is different. So you just have to pay attention to those legalities because that's gonna save your ass as a photographer or creative as well as also protect you if you're the minor model that's underage because I can tell you that shit happens and it has happened many times before where we had this photographer um, that was taking these sexual photos of minors and then threatening to put them up on the internet, even though that wasn't necessarily what the shoot was supposed to be. However, that happened. The guy went to jail. Uh, one guy, um, Gilbert, his name is out here in Hawaii. That's a very infamous name. I actually know some models I actually worked with this guy years ago. But I want to tell every model that's li- this is this is specifically for models, but it's it for it's for anybody, for anybody that hey, if you're if you're underage or if you're of age, doesn't matter. You're you know you're working with somebody for the first time. Bring somebody along with you. Bring a friend. Bring someone. If I mean it doesn't matter. If it's like, oh, this guy's okay. You know, I'm thinking to myself, uh, he, he's okay. But you don't know him. You don't know the guy. You have no idea. And this is this is what happens is it, it puts you in this situation. And I don't know how old the guy is or was, but when you're a young girl and you come to a shoot with a grown-ass man... There's a this there's a dynamic shift there that it seems like 
I don't know, it's a weird, it seems like a weird situation to me. And that's why I don't put myself in that situation personally. And I've never shot a minor personally, not without a parent at the very least. So consider that and keep in mind that I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to be your boss because that's, you know, I know sometimes people think that way. It's like, oh, he's just putting up oh, a bunch of rules and all this stuff. That's, this stuff is to protect you. I mean, if I, you know, if this never happened, if stuff never happened, I wouldn't be making this podcast. I wouldn't care. Like, you know, you know, it's just weird how if people don't follow a process, whether you're young or old or male or female, that shit happens because there's people out there that want to take advantage of you for their own personal benefit. And a photo shoot is supposed to be mutual no matter what. So a major red flag is if the photographer, for example, is like, yo, I don't, I don't allow any chaperones. I don't allow no parents. I don't allow friends to come along on the shoots. Major red flag. If that happens to you, don't even go to the shoot. Or just say, hey, um, they say, oh, he's not allowed. You know, my boyfriend, your, your boyfriend's not allowed to come. Like, nah, just walk away. In fact, if they say that before the shoot, don't even show up. And you don't have to tell them why. Because they already know, like, hey, you know, well, I tell you what, my boyfriend's coming. And if he's not allowed to come, then I'm not showing up. That's a major, major red flag. They ever say that? Me personally, I don't mind, but I do like communication. I do like people to let me know that someone is coming because I kind of like, I got It's like I said, I personally do not mind, and I actually offer it out there. I encourage people to bring like a friend or, or a chaperone out for a shoot. But if they don't tell me ahead of time, like say I had a makeup artist, this is a quick story. I had a makeup artist bring a, bring her boyfriend. And this was a boudoir shoot with a model that I was going to shoot with already. And she was just applying makeup. She didn't tell me that the boyfriend was coming. And I personally didn't mind, but the model not sure if she might or not because I mean we already have two people including her there granted it wasn't my place so that's understandable maybe why she brought a boyfriend in the first place but it's just that's a different situation like I already knew the model and I had shot with her before but I never shot with the makeup artist and she ended up bringing a boyfriend to a boudoir shoot which you know that can be very uncomfortable for the model, especially if they don't know each other. Now, if they knew each other, that'd be a different story, but they didn't know each other, so that seemed kind of an awkward situation that I was put in. But for the most part, that's the only situation that I can think of where, like, hey, um, if anything, you know, have, you know, the boyfriend wait outside or something, because, you know, Boudoir is intimate, you know, she's in lingerie. I mean, it wasn't anything sensual, it wasn't sexual or anything like that. It was just the fact that she was in lingerie. 
but that's that's really the only situation I've been in where it was just awkward, you know, like, please let me know, but please tell me ahead of time you're gonna bring somebody if I'm shooting boudoir with a model, you know what I'm saying, like, this was, like, literally, like, spirit of the moment, she never said anything, but I didn't, I didn't tell him, like, oh, you gotta leave, I just, like, okay, well, I guess the model's okay with it, so just chill out on the side, whatever, but yeah, so most of the time, like, I don't have a problem with it, um, but if they ever say, hey, no chaperone, you know, no, you can't bring your friend, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, just don't show up, be like, you know, I'm not comfortable with that, just say no, easy as that. Yeah, one thing it could do, um, and I don't see it very often out here as well, as if for some reason you can't bring a chaperone, and but you don't want to just shoot with this person by yourself either, meet with this person ahead of time and meet in a public place. Uh, I, like I said, I don't see it done very often out here. Personally, I don't have time to meet everybody that I shoot ahead of time because I just don't have the time to do that. But if it's that important to you, like if somebody came out and was like, I would like to meet you ahead of time, I would make time for them. I would honestly, I would make time for them because it's important for me to make sure that they're comfortable shooting with me. And if that, if I can't do that, if I can't, you know, meet that, um, meet up to their comfort level, then I'm, I'm doing it in justice both to them and to myself. But yeah, so the important thing is if you can, if you can get a meeting with that photographer or a makeup artist or whoever, I, like I said, I refer to the photographer because a lot of times the the photographer is initiating the photo shoot, but anybody can initiate a photo shoot, and that's why I said at the very beginning that regardless of who you are, anybody can follow this process and make sure they're safe to alleviate those those gaps and those those unsafe things or opportunity that could present itself to be a bad thing. Um, but yeah, so if you're like I said, if you can make a, a meeting or something ahead of time, or a video chat or something that will alleviate, that would be pretty good. Like I said, I haven't done it very often, but I'm open to it. Um, equipment. This is actually something that's happened. Um, I won't go into details regarding the story because it's an ongoing investigation. However, um, three models, a photo shoot, and an event organizer. So it wasn't a photographer that initiated the photo shoot. It was the event organizer or coordinator. They sometimes call themselves. So this guy... And I don't have all the details, but the guy initiates the photo shoot. It's like, hey, you know, I want to shoot. We're going to do this shoot for a brand. Uh, The girls, all three of them show up. And before I tell the rest of the story, I'll just let you know that when they got there, there was no photographer there. They were actually waiting for the photographer. So let's stop right there in this story. 
no photographer, no camera, no nothing. So they get to this place, presumably it's his penthouse or someone's penthouse. It doesn't really matter. In this case, they get there. There's no photographer and there's no camera. It's just him and the three girls there. Now, what's already wrong with this this picture is that they've already agreed on a photo shoot, and the photographer isn't there. It's just him by himself. Red flag, major red flag, and I, it may not have been it may may have not been presentable uh, before. But like I said, if there's somebody you've never shot with before and there's any, any inkling at all that, you know, you have that gut feeling that, hey, this is not a good idea, because I'll tell you the story gets worse as I keep going, but I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I'll just kind of mention bits and pieces here and there. But the major thing was there was no photographer. There was just that guy. Uh... It's kind of in reference to equipment because you show up on a full shoot, they, you know, they take out a, a camera phone and start taking pictures, okay? Granted, smartphones are very, very good these days, but they're still not professional cameras. And so if somebody wants to do a photo shoot, actual photo shoot with you, um, and they don't have the right equipment, then that's a red flag walk away walk away or wait until the equipment gets there presumably the photographer gets there to begin the shoot major red flag when you're on a, when you finally when I'm kind of jumping around a little bit but when you're on a location when you get to a shoot I believe it's very important to text a friend or call a friend or whatever tell them where you are and in fact before the shoot tell them where you're going to be. That's why I went through this whole planning thing, you know, time, date, location, where you're going to be. So, and once you get there, tell them you're there. And then once the shoot's done and everything goes well, hopefully, tell them I'm leaving. Simple as that. And that that's more or less like it tells, you know, hey, I, I don't have a, I'm a chaperone. I don't have a, my friend's not here. Um, that can be here to watch me. But even if you do have a second person, you know, tell somebody where you are, who you're with. And it's even better if, you know, a photographer does like a YouTube channel or do IG stories and kind of put you on there. And that kind of like, for me, like, it's kind of an icebreaker when I kind of like invite models into my social media life. Uh, so that's like a really huge icebreaker and maybe not all models will be accepting the fact of being, you know, on that platform or whatever to be famous and then, but some people do and some people don't. It's just, everybody's different. But more so, it's it's important to tell people, you know, where you're going to be, how long it's going to take, and then how long, you know, once you're done, you're done, you'll let them know. Bam, bam, bam. Just like that. Um, so going back to that actual happening event with those three, three young women on the shoot, allegedly it wasn't a shoot. Um, 
So another thing to realize if you're young and I know it's 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 fun to drink. Uh, if you don't know the person, I you know I wouldn't. I necessarily like I personally I don't like to drink with people I don't know. I've kind of made it a rule that I don't drink with people I just don't know because I'm like I don't know you. But if you're gonna drink. Then there's nothing I can do to, you know, stop you. But if you're going to drink, at least make sure that they're pouring it in front of you. That, or you're, you're pouring a fresh, um, you're having a fresh drink from a can that's unopened. Or a bottle that's unopened. If anything, if you're going to drink, that's how you do it. But I'm, I'm discouraging against drinking with somebody that you don't know, first of all, first and foremost, because I'll tell you this, uh, during this shoot with three young women, they got roofied. And, you know, again, you know, waiting for the photographer to show up, allegedly, never showed up. He never showed up at all, actually. There was no photographer. It was a photo shoot, it was a setup. They got roofied. Uh, two of them got raped. And one of them got out because the two woke up and were like, let's get the fuck out of here. But that happened. And there's just things like I understand like shit happens. You know, you don't always know the situation. This is why I'm giving this podcast right now because this will help you alleviate that. Like, hey, you know, you show up on a shoot. There's no photographer there. There's no camera there. And it's like, okay, what are we doing? Okay, well, let's wait downstairs or something. Until, especially, especially, and I've talked to different models before about the person that did this. That they had this gut feeling, that this weird vibes. If there's ever an inkling of weird vibes anytime that you get from a person. I'm not saying like, oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to go barefoot, you know. I, I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your safety. I'm talking about something you're uncomfortable doing that involves your personal safety or your your um, yourself. Yeah, anything like that that kind of goes over the line and what you're willing to do in that regard just walk away say no you have that's your that's your right to say no walk away so i'm telling you all this because this shit went down this is what set it off this set off i was like you know put this podcast i know it's long as fuck but i hope that someone listens and gets something out of it um, that they that they can protect themselves if anything if anything at all if you know you're going to a shoot solo I know it's different state by state country by country but you know research about taking some kind of protection like a knife a taser or or depending on your state, an actual gun, you know. Just do your due diligence, and it will 
significantly affect the situation in a good way, hopefully. Now, not that everything is going to be like 100% that goes down, but a lot of motherfuckers are just looking for that one opportunity. And apparently this guy had done many photo shoots like this because he's not a photographer himself. But he has set up stuff like this all the time. And even photographers that would come along was like, you know, kind of like, this dude's got like some kind of hidden motive or something like that, you know. And if you ever feel like the person has like a hidden agenda, just walk away. <laughs> Don't drink with them. But like I said, I, you know, there are certain shoots where I have offered a drink. But, you know... Most of the time, I know those from I know I know those models. I've shot with them before, and the only one that I I can remember that I didn't shoot with her before, um, I had shot with her in my house, and I was using my living room as like a studio. And I'm, she asked for a drink. And I was like, "Well, I got some beer, I got some wine, or whatever." But we were cool, you know. It was like she felt comfortable doing that but again I had canned beer I didn't pour it off in the back room somewhere and give it to her either I I made sure that whatever I gave her was in front of her it wasn't like I went like I said in the back room and poured it just as as a photographer anybody that's you know kind of put people in a more comfortable state is like you offer them something that's unopened and there's no hidden there's no hidden motive or intention and the shoot we shot wasn't even like anything like remotely like sexy well we did actually do some boudoir we actually did a little, a little bit of everything now that I mention it we did some fashion we did some some glamour we did some boudoir we did a, we had four or five hours of shooting that we we pulled off and yeah we did a lot but she was cool, and um, well, sometimes it's like that. I mean, like, I, I'm a I'm an approachable guy. I would hope so, at least. I'm an approachable person, and so she felt comfortable in that situation. And I was like, yeah, we're cool. I mean, I didn't do anything. She didn't do anything to me, and the shoot went went off pretty well. But even before that, we were in contact for a little bit, and we were kind of chatting. So it wasn't like. It was random, like, oh, hey, let's shoot sometime tomorrow night with no planning. No, we had planned this, like, weeks in advance, so. And we were talking in between, chatting, DM, and all that. So if you've built up that relationship, that helps a lot, at least for me. Uh, and that's, that's even for me, it's an icebreaker for me to get to know models and for models to get to know me. Like, and I explained in my last segment how I like to do that, so take a look at that i know it's a long podcast and i'm about to actually finish this up but yes most important thing is you keep safe in anything that you do along the way and if it don't feel right walk away don't do it use common sense i know that's not always common but if anything's wrong odd awkward and that's the same descriptions that I got from other models that shot this guy that raped the two girls. 
there was just something off. It was like he had a hidden motive, uh, agenda or something. It was a, a, apparently the first time he's ever raped anybody, but he's looking for an opportunity. And like I said, predators are looking for that one opportunity or, or they're building up to it. So let's not give him the chance and say no. Walk away. Say, no, we're done. We're out. You can do it. I believe in you. Anyways, um, that's it for the segment. God forbid, but if something does happen on the shoot and you're taking advantage of, let somebody know. Uh, if you're sexually assaulted, I can give you a number here. Uh, this goes to Rain. They're actually a national sexual uh, assault hotline. Their number is 1-800-656-HOPE. That's 1-800-656-4673. Call the police, 911, and they can give you, they can set you up to get a rape kit. But if something does happen and you're raped during a photo shoot or anything, anywhere at all, uh, I know the first thing, I, I just actually went through uh, some training ab about this, but I know the first thing you're going to want to do is take a shower, brush your teeth, you know, clean up, don't do any of that go to the police as soon as possible in your current state I know it's it sucks and that's rough but they need all the evidence that they can get to prosecute I know it's a lot of legal things and it's not I don't think it's easy I don't think it's it's something that's like I said easy or walk in the park but to help help them help you they're going to need all that stuff and from what I've heard it is not it's uh, it's not an easy thing but they're going to need all that stuff they're going to give you a rape kit and they're going to do all this uh, these tests and stuff to get DNA but if that's ever happened uh, call the police first and foremost and then tell somebody else and let them know what's happened and just get as many details as you can if you have photos and all that stuff you know keep all that stuff and uh, they can better help you with that and help with the investigation I know this has been a long podcast and but more more importantly I really hope that this helps anybody that's listening to get them to prevent them from being in a bad situation uh, just some final thoughts though most I know a lot of people and I've heard this quite a bit you remember what I said about 
when I ask other models, like they have this hidden agenda or whatever, uh, not the models, but this guy, like they felt like they had these weird vibes or whatever. If you ever, if you've ever worked with somebody like that, and and not like to put the reputation out because I know shit happens sometimes. People are in a bad mood sometimes. You know, I'm in a bad mood, and I try my best not to show that or but just know that everyone's human but let's say you're in a situation where you feel bad vibes they haven't really touched you or nothing like that it's just that it's it's, it's not a good vibe you know keep a note of that so when someone asks you in the future say hey have you worked with this person before and they ask you hey you know was it was it okay you tell them the truth it doesn't matter you tell them the truth you might have bad you may have had a bad shoot you didn't get raped or nothing like that but it was not a, it was not an okay shoot tell them the truth and uh, that will better help others in the future out so they don't get put in the situation because I talked to two other people at least two other people possibly three that worked with this person and they said they got bad vibes from the guy and apparently he had never raped anybody before that that we know of but it seemed like he was getting ready and he was setting up and getting ready to do that obviously he was ready because he roofied these women and he did what he did but, yeah, if you're ever in, in, in a situation like that, and make a note, make a journal or something, I don't know. Because me, personally, I'm making this list. It's not a blacklist. Now, I do have a blacklist, but that's just obvious, right? If, as far as models and photographers that you should not work with because of whatever situation or reason. But I want... I'm, I have a, a white list, and what I'm going to start doing, I know I've been saying this a lot, and I've, I've been doing other work on the site as well, but this white list is going to be in my top at least 10 photographers that I could recommend to anybody at any given time. Most of them are friends of mine, most of them I've worked with on shoots, and that you'll be safe, that you don't have to worry about you know, them having these ill intentions or whatever you can work with them they're safe they've done many shoes before and they've never had a problem they have a good track record and that's that's what i want to start like presenting and i'm gonna make this pamphlet or not really like a a digital like an actual pamphlet but i might i might actually make a, a physical pamphlet where i'll give to everyone on each shoot with this list of the top 10 and so I can give out and then spread the word. And then it's also good for the community and networking so they can get their name out there as well. And then if you're looking to shoot with somebody and you don't want, you don't want to worry about, hey, am I safe with this guy? Does anybody know this person or not? Then everybody knows this person already. I know the person. And uh, that's pretty much what it's going to be. But I just want to put it out there because... There's a lot of new people out there that don't know who to shoot with, and especially women and girls that turn of age. It's like every every year, 
there's a segment of the population that turns 18 or turns old enough to do a photo shoot. And I say that because there's models underage that also want to shoot. And so I, I'm putting this out there and I hope someone listens and learns. It's not just, it's not a lecture. I'm not giving a lecture here. I don't want to give a lecture. I want to inform people that this shit happens and that, hey, you, to protect yourself, that this is, these are good things you can do. That's all. If I missed anything, please put in the comment section or whatever, um, whatever platform this, this that you see it on. Um, if you're wanting to do a podcast or join this discussion and you can do that within this app I can I can tell you how you just gotta ask me if you want to do that or not and I can get you set up to do that <clears throat> otherwise I I know this wasn't the most um, happy topic to talk about but it's not supposed to be it's supposed to protect you keep you safe and that's all I really want because too much shit's happened and I don't I don't like it when I hear some of my friends have gone through this it upsets me so this is what I'm doing and uh, I hope it's enough I will definitely do more because I know it's it's not enough to put out a podcast but it's also enough to to have people listen to it to share and pass on this awareness to other people in the future that can learn. And maybe in the future I'll make a shorter version because I know this is like almost two hours. And I know, yeah, maybe I'll make a podcast uh, on YouTube or something just to kind of shorten it up. But yeah, I, I will definitely do that just to kind of put a video spin on it. But, and, until next time, uh, if you have any questions, let me know. Like I said, put it in the comment section. This is going to be on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, various groups. Um, that's about it. If I missed anything, let me know. If you have any feedback or any questions, um, <coughs> excuse me. Like I said, put it in the comment section. I asked a question, actually, about this. But uh, what was one thing you would like to know? Uh, regarding if somebody contacted you and for the first time and wanted to do a photo shoot, what would you like to know about this person? And so keep that question in mind. It's uh, something you should think about. The next time someone that you don't know asks you to do a photo shoot. What would you like to know about this person? So the most popular answer I got was like a bio. Like what they do. What they have fun doing. Why do they want to shoot? That kind of thing. That was the most popular. They, they, they want to know about the person. They want to know about the person they're going to shoot with. That's it. This is why social media is very important. Anyways, keep that in mind. Keep that question in mind. And if you have a good answer, also put that in the comment section.
Anyways, I've gone long enough. Um, I will catch you on the next cast. Thank you, anybody that actually participated in this this, uh, questionnaire that I asked. I do appreciate your feedback. And I appreciate your future feedback as well. Thank you for bearing with me, and I hope you learned something out of this whole thing. Uh, Please like and subscribe and follow, and please share to other people that you think who can benefit, which I think everybody. I think everybody, I believe everybody can benefit from this, so please share this as much and as often as you can. Thank you, and I will catch you on the next cast. Cheers. Cheers.